Hello, everyone, and welcome to another of these uh, Change Your Game with GTD podcasts. My name is Todd Brown, and I'm here as usual with Robert Peake. Hello, Robert. Hello, Todd. Our goal in this podcast series is to help you to um, reflect on, hopefully learn a bit from um, experiences, our experiences and the experiences of people that we've worked with around the getting things done methodology. And our goal is to um, support you as you you know, continue on your journey toward the benefits of GTD, which are ultimately uh, the experience of stress-free productivity. And Robert, as you and I were kicking around things to talk about this morning, something that we both, I think, thought would be a uh, would, would be a good topic was something that came in from one of our one of our listeners, one of our viewers, as it were, and that's this topic of um, complex inputs. You know, where you have situations where um, you know you've got, let's say, a a project that's got a lot of different moving parts. You know, maybe you're getting communications that are coming in where. You know, um, the communication is paragraph, you know, it's an email and it's several paragraphs. And in that email, there will be, uh, you know, a lot of things that are actionable. Some of it might be referenced, some of it, you know, some implications of the email contents might be more someday, maybe, right? So, so um, yeah, so, so I guess let's just talk a little bit about that. Do you have any sort of kickoff thoughts? How would you approach a situation where, you know, either let's say <clears throat> it's a big project with a lot of moving parts or, and or you've got some communication about, you know, maybe one of those projects, which has got a lot of a lot of elements to it. Yeah, it's a great question. And thanks to thanks to Marta for sending it in. It's nice to hear from real people out there that are actually uh, that are actually benefiting from this. Um, yeah. And I heard <laughs> I heard someone once that I was coaching um, say to me that their boss likes to throw out idea grenades, which I thought, <laughs> I thought was a great way of putting it. Um, and there's two elements there. One, there's this kind of, you know, lobbing it over factor um, and the fact that it is also probably sort of ticking and, and there's a potential to explode. But the other part of it, too, is, you know, who's going to jump on it? <laughs> We're all stressed. We're all got a lot going on. Who's going to be the one to sort of sacrifice themselves for the team and say, I'll pick that up? So I think one of the very first things I try and do um, and this is very much in the spirit of GTD and particularly GTD in relation to teams is figure out who's going to do this, who's going to commit to what. And of course, GTD helps a lot with that in a GTD enabled organization when you have clear areas of focus and you know, for example, hey, that's really a sales thing. That's an HR thing. This is a back office admin thing. People really have a, a solid understanding of what they should be um, what they should be jumping on. Um, but again, these kind of these kind of ideas that get lobbed in, um, very often there's not clarity about who should do it, even if you have pretty clear job role descriptions. And you know, sometimes it's not really clear either whether this is just a good idea or it is something that we should be committing to. So people often uh, in, in coaching, you know, when they get these kind of big woolly amorphous things that come into their world they have they have difficulty deciding what even to do with this and so the the first thing that i recommend is that actually your next action is is to figure out what you need to figure out in order to progress this or or not so one of the big questions we ask is do you need more time or do you need more information to be able to figure out to be able to decide 
what you're going to decide about this. And usually one of those two things helps people kind of shake out, you know, the, um, the, the next step, right? Which is talk to someone, get some more information, respond saying, hey, you know, what, is this something you really want to do? Or is this a someday maybe type thing? Again, in a GTD enabled organization, you have this shared language, right? That you can talk about someday maybes and waiting fors and who's, who owns what project, um, with this kind of you know framework behind you that you know will help you execute on that as a whole team, but that's that's my kind of first first take is you know put cut do that big cut of is it actionable and if so whose action ought it even to be or actions right if it's something big and complex as we're talking about so to me the first level of unpicking a big woolly thing is what's actually in here for whom and what are the actual potential commitments in all of this i don't know what about you todd what is that what does that kind of spark unpicking this these big ones yeah no i like it i I think you sort of you know that's such a crucial thing and and i think you know under the topic of optimizing meetings right so often i think we come out of meetings with the sense that there's there's real ambiguity right after the meeting who's got what what's the responsibility you know uh, who, who's got what commitments. And I think that's something that, um, you know, it's a very practical thing. We've talked about it before that people can do at the end of meetings is just to say at the, you know, at the end of the meeting, just go around the table, right. Or around, around the, uh, around the windows, if you're doing a virtual meeting around the, around the, the pictures and just say, okay, who's got projects and who's got next actions based on what's happened in this meeting. That can be so helpful, right? And just really drives ambiguity out. And, and of course, gives you the opportunity if there is um, indecision or, or disagreement, right? To figure out what that is and make sure that people then discuss it. <clears throat> no, that's not with you, that's with me. I've, you know, I've, I'm better placed to do that. So I'll take on that action, for example. So I think that's I think that is key. I'm thinking as well about these situations where you know, let's get, let's go back to the idea of, of an input, right? A, a complex input. So you get an email that's several paragraphs long and has a lot of information in it. And this always takes me back to someone who used to work for me uh, back back in the days when I had a, worked at a large corporate. Um, and he was famous for this. He would send three page emails, right? And it was pretty clear he was taking days to put these emails together. Um, and 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 by the way, you know, all all in the all in the spirit of trying to be helpful, et cetera. I mean, you know, this, he wasn't he wasn't a bad actor by any by any means. But the result of that, of course, was that that a lot of times those emails got skimmed. They didn't get fully appreciated, right? So a couple of things that come to mind for me when it comes to that is first off, just be open to the possibility that yeah, there will be multiple things that this email means, right? So this email might mean. There's some next actions for me. This email might mean that there's some things that I need to delegate. There, there might be some things here um, that are more someday maybe in nature, right? And then at the end of the day, it could also be that the situation is, hey, um, uh, on top of all of that, I want to hold on to the email as reference, right? So, so first off is, you know, be open to the fact that the complexity, you know, that that, that it might well be that this needs to be met with a certain level of complexity simply because of the nature of the thing, right? It could be that there, you know, a given email reflects multiple projects, right? Could also be. Um, the other thing I think that comes to mind for me around this is, you know, when it comes to these, when it comes to these complex emails, it's it, it gives us the opportunity, if you think about it on the other end, if you think about it from the point of view of the person who's creating the complexity, right? 
we can really help each other out by, um, quite frankly, chunking our emails down, right? If you recognize you're in conversation with somebody and you've got four or five topics that you need to discuss with them, breaking that down into four or five individual emails will help. It'll help in the sense that the receiving person then can deal with each of those as a discrete thing. Whereas if it's more, you know, if the email has the nature more of a, hey, I'm having a chat with somebody that I know and there are a number of things on my mind, it makes it tougher for that person to deal with. Plus, of course, then the email is longer and therefore more off-putting, takes longer to, you know, takes longer to, uh, um, or, or might be less likely to be engaged with in the first place, let's put it that way. So, um, so yeah, I think there are, um, and, and what's interesting for me, I think, as time goes by, is that, um, and this may be uh, a result of the fact that so much more of our communication is happening in channels, you know, like WhatsApp or like Teams chat or like, you know, what, what some of these, these sort of short messaging formats, is that the number of emails that I'm getting these days that are, you know, tomes, that number has gone down. That number has gone pretty significantly, I think, over the last five years or so. But that said, that that doesn't mean to say that I don't get emails which are, you know, three sentences on four different topics, right? And it would be, you know, it would be my interest in the interest of the author to sort of um, break those down so that it'd be easier to deal with. So yeah, those are some those are some kickoff ideas. I think in this other realm, right? So that's not this is now about the way we're, that we're communicating about complex things. Um, but yeah, that's that's in my experience been been kind of what I've what I've learned and 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 the the best practices I've evolved around that. That's great, yeah. And I think it is really true in my experience that you know GTDers naturally uh, tend to uh, to try to solve those kind of problems or at least not contribute to the you know the mo- the the monograph monolith tome email um, as you said chunking it down sort of single subject emails. Other things you can do, like the kind of journalistic inverted pyramid, right? Like that you start with, you know, TLDR or spoiler alert. Here's what I recommend we do, and now here's, you know, the supporting information for that, rather than a big buildup. Also, tagging people. We do this at NAA, where we say, you know, you know, at Todd, can you um, sign off on such and such, you know, and then carry on in the email. If it is kind of one subject, but multiple people have multiple actions, I think it's a natural result of us becoming aware of how we work best and then realizing there's some general principles about how others work best. And so we're actually sending emails with the recipients in mind, right? In terms of uh, what they might want or need to take out of, of the email in terms of their own actions, projects, somebody maybe, et cetera. So I think, I think that's big and it's a natural consequence of, of doing GTD um, as, as any kind of group team or organization. I think another thing maybe to address in this is is not only the, the the monolith email, but the monolith situation, right? It can be something that comes in in a single word, right? Like she said, yes. So we have a shared project now called Getting Married. <laughs> and it's not just a project. It is a project uh, with many, many sub-projects from catering to invitations to all kinds of stuff. So um, I wonder if Todd, maybe if you want to kick off on um, any of your thoughts on unpacking something that is large and and complex in nature, even if it's even if it's not you know multi-stranded in the way it came in, that certainly you're going to have to unpack 
lots of different uh, different things that need to be considered, thought about, and moved forward about some kind of new big big input in that sense. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's really it's it's such a rich vein to tap. So so um, I think on the one hand, um, you know, the first thing again, just be open to the possibility that there will be multiple you know, there will be multiple projects that, that are kicked off as a result of this. Another thing, you know, I think about the phrase that we use quite often, which is that a good GTD system has clean edges. In addition to that, good thinking has clean edges, right? In other words, and if we can be, um, you know, not woolly in our thinking, but rather have, and this is where the clarifying questions come in, right? What is it? Is it actionable? If not, tash, attack, trash, reference or incubation, if it is actionable, what's the next action, et cetera. I mean, these are these are all questions that give that allow you to give your thinking very, very clean edges, right? And so what comes to mind for me as I'm thinking about these, you know, these, the, the, these projects, the, these kind of multi, the, these more complex things that we've got going on that represent multiple projects is try to get clear um, what are those? What are the lines here between the things that I'm trying to work on? And those once I've done that, right? So, so let's go back to your example, right? So, project is at a, at a, a very high level. The project is we're getting married, and as you say, this is an example. Of course, we use quite often in seminars, right, or in coaching, because it just it, it explains itself, right? Having a project called get married is probably not as helpful as it could be because a, a wedding breaks itself down almost immediately into, as you said, invitations, catering, dress, etc., right? Um, uh, and so one of the things that once you figured out what those sub projects are, then you can start to drill into, okay, in the, let's take catering as an example. Okay. What's my desired outcome? What does done look like? Right. Um, and, and of course, what's my next action? How would I get started? And there might be multiple next actions depending on the project, right? It could be that there are multiple parallel next actions that you need to, um, that you need to um, undertake in order to get to that desired outcome. But I think another benefit of having those kinds of clean edges in your sort of mental engagement with the, you know, with the project is that those clean edges will then um, naturally find their way into your system. In other words, okay, if I don't already have a place to put information about the project, which is catering for my wedding, right? Then um, then I'll need to create something like that, right? Because the, the I'm going to be hungry for those kinds of clean edges. Again, just to make not, not because tidy is good, not because we like, not because we like boxes where things go, but simply because it just makes it so much easier on, on your future self, right? As you make your way through this project, makes it so much easier for you to know where to find things, not to have to search through multiple unrelated things in order to find relevant things, et cetera. So, so I think um, this, this idea of clean edges um, will, will naturally come out of having clean edges in our thinking. And the result of that is that we, you know, the, the, the complexity, the, the, the sort of off-putting overall complexity of whatever it was that, you know, came our way, maybe it was off-putting, maybe it wasn't, if it was a wedding, maybe it wasn't so off-putting, but, you know, this kind of daunting complexity, let's put it that way, kind of daunting complexity of, of this, of this thing, um, starts to dissipate as we undertake these best practices and therefore enhance our sense of control. 
which is which is you know a very important element of all of this, of course. Yeah, 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 and I think that's the fundamental thing. Maybe the question under the question, you know, that that Marta was bringing up is a single email or a single big event can immediately throw you into feeling out of control, right? Even if you chose it or you, you chose it in partnership with someone else, even if you're excited about it, um, you know, that's that fundamental thing of, wow, now can, can we handle it? Can we pull it off as it were? So, you know, I, I think a few major events in my own life, another tool that's really helped me uh, is something called the natural planning model in GTD. Um, so I, our, our wedding is one example, moving from California to the UK, uh, launching a new book, uh, buying a house. These are all times when I used the natural planning model. And the natural planning model basically is a way of going sort of top down. And, and I won't go into too much detail about how it works, but, but just to say one of the things I really like about it, kind of, it's almost a footnote in the, um, in the natural planning model uh, presentation sort of guide that if you're not feeling as in touch with the, the purpose of this, or you want to, to be more you know, in with the inspirational purpose of this sort of, you, you wanna go up, you wanna review or unpack more of the goals, the vision, the big picture stuff. You know, we did kind of, we did kind of mood board type things for our wedding. You know, we, we had a slogan, we said we want it to be simple, classy and elegant. That was our, that was our thing. And so everything that came in, we went, can we, can we, you know, can we make it simple for our own sake? My wife was in grad school and I was working full time. We had all kinds of stuff going on. And can we make it sort of classy and elegant, right? So getting in touch with those higher level values and purpose and stuff helps keep you going in the inspirational side of things. And then if it needs more action, get more granular about what is the real project? What is the real action? Exactly what you were saying, Todd, about what is my real desired outcome and what is kind of very next step that's just going to keep me moving, keep me going one, one step at a time. Our slogan when we were moving from California to the UK was, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. Meaning we're not doing it perfectly. There's hiccups along the way, you know, the, the moving vans delayed, the this, the that, whatever. We're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. So, you know, getting in touch with, with the high level, getting in touch with the, the practical level, uh, the natural planning model to me is a real example of um, how to take control of something that's much more than just one project and, and one action um, in a way that in a way that's really worked in, for me in my life. So, yeah, um, yeah what would you say kind of, I, I um, feel like we're starting to con converge on, um, on wrapping or, but I'd, I'd love to hear your thinking on, you know, kind of how all this, how all this fits together, how GTD helps, how we, how we survive uh, the complexity we're in. I think Martha mentioned kind of the information age and the fact that this is to some extent a symptom of the information age, that there's just so much we could be engaging with. What are your, what are your survival tips? <laughs> I think, you know, and, and survival, I think is a, is an interesting word to use in this, in this, you know, context. I think on the one hand, everything that we've been talking about here will help, right? The the, the best practices, the the sort of the the tips around the different ways of thinking about things. By the way, um, for those of you who are not familiar with the natural planning model, uh, if you have a copy of David Allen's first book, um, it's chapter three. That chapter deals with the natural planning model. It's also something that we handle in our level two seminars. So um, it's a it's a topic there. Um, 
I think in in terms of uh, you know in terms of the uh, if you find yourself faced with what feel like you know daunting levels of of uh, you know of of inputs or or situations that just feel like they're a bit complex, I think the first thing to do I, I, I again stick with this idea that ultimately in order if you're going to get control of these situations. You want to figure out what they mean, and the clarifying questions are a great place to start. Okay, um, another another you know thing that comes to mind for me is some, sometimes this is my, my own experience. Sometimes things when they first arrive, they just feel really overwhelming, and just like okay, I you know, and I've been doing GTD for you know eighteen years. I I'm feeling a little bit daunted, and and uh, uh, what I quite often do in those situations is just gather everything that I have about the project. And quite often that'll involve printing a bunch of stuff out. Quite often it will involve, you know, um, notes that I've taken in meetings, whatever. And and what I do is I I just, uh, it's, it's one of the reasons I've got the counter I've got behind me. That's, a, that's a, a standing level counter, right? Which I specifically built for this purpose is I just will distribute all of that content across that physical space and just sit with it, right? Just for a minute. And of course I'll be picking up different pieces of paper and I'll be looking at different things. And what I found is that for me, that reflection uh, means that or, or, or consistently results in me starting to make decisions about what goes where, what are my sub projects? What do I need to be focused on in terms of outcomes? Uh, you know, what, which of these things that I've gathered have already turned into reference material. Are there are there next actions here? You know, it's in some ways um, what I'm doing. Uh, what I'm doing there is is uh, you know implementing the natural planning model, really. But but even you know even without any knowledge of the natural planning model, just being with the artifacts somehow, I found really helps. So um, so that's my that's my quick tip. Uh, over to you. What are your what are your top tips for these kinds of situations? Yeah, well, I, no, I think that's great. And it really underscores the importance of externalizing, externalizing. I think maybe I used the word survival a little bit in that one of my kind of theories is that we may, our single brains may not have evolved uh, enough to be dealing with the information overload. And so we need distributed brains. We need a brain to help our brain, as it were. And GTD is is that. Right. So so get it out, get it externalized, get a way to get a handle on it in a way that's not just circulating in your mind. Um, so uh, another tip in that regard, if something big and complex comes your way and you're not really sure, you know, what what needs to be done about it um, is the mind is to do a little bit of a kind of brainstorm mind sweep process around this particular topic. So just getting it out. And as you said, just having it out there as something you can manipulate, shift around, scribble on, work with, is already, for most people, going to give them some degree of relief. Anyway. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, I think, uh, sadly, we're going to have to draw a line under it there. That was that went really fast in my, in my experience. So thank you again, Marta, for your suggestion of a topic. Um, and for all of the rest of you out there, uh, if you have anything you'd like us to be uh, talking about in this series, please do let us know. Uh, we, we very happily take requests, as we quite often say. Uh, also, do please uh, like and subscribe so that you can hear about uh, what we're going to be doing in the future. Um, as always, if there's anything else that we can do to be supporting you on your journey 
to stress-free productivity, uh, please do let us know. So for now, for, from Robert and from me, thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.